This is a Business Radio special presentation of Knowledge at Wharton. From Jazz at Lincoln Center in New York City at the 2018 Wharton Global Forum, a gathering of Wharton alumni and faculty and some of the most influential leaders in global business, government, academia, and philanthropy, sharing ideas, insights, and inspiring thoughts to create lasting impact. Here's your host, Dan Loney. The mobile payment space is one that has exploded in the last decade and has changed how consumers use finance and they conduct transactions. Cash transfers are becoming a bigger and more convenient part of this sector, allowing people to move money to friends, family, without having to use the old-fashioned check or the old-school wire transfer. But it's also an arena where there are new players seemingly popping up on the market frequently, which means it's also a very challenging space as well. Michael Vaughn is the COO of Venmo, one of the leaders in mobile payment and transfer space. He's also a 1997 Wharton grad and joins us here at our broadcast location. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Thanks for having me. Why is it that, I mean, obviously this is an amazing space and digitally it works for so many people right now. But as you have seen this develop, what has been the most interesting and, and maybe even surprising factor about why have just caught on so much? Yeah, and I, th I think what you're talking about is it's just catching on. I think outside the U.S. in certain markets, it's it's been there for a while. And I think the, the big question we had uh, seven, eight years ago when the founders were creating it, I was here in the early days and we were trying to figure out why is it so hard to send money in the U.S.? We're so far ahead in so many other ways, but in you know banking or payments, it seemed a lot harder than it should be. Um, and so the idea we had back then was when they created Venmo was sending money should be as easy as sending a text message. Why can I just pull up somebody's name, send a text message and say, hey, meet me for lunch. It should be, hey, here's that $5 for lunch. And so yeah. when you use Venmo today, it feels a lot like that. I think the surprising thing for us was when you looked around, you're, there's no good reason why it didn't exist. It wasn't, uh, you know, certainly we could figure out the technology and how to move the money. and. Why didn't it exist? There was not any real good reason, so then we just went out and created it. But how much of a challenge is it right now? Because you have seemingly new entities wanting to get into this space, it feels like every few months. Yeah, I mean, now more recently, certainly, you have all the big players uh, wanting to get into it. Um, you know, a space, particularly on the peer-to-peer -peer payment side, just in terms of like, uh, what often was a cash transaction or a check yeah. tran transaction that people didn't really see that as a business opportunity, I think was part of the problem. They're, they're like, if you can't make a lot of money on it, then we don't want to do it. We right. only want to do things that make money. We were looking at it a lot differently, which is it's much more about the experience and the peer-to-peer -peer side of things that so many of them are doing now, primarily because Venmo sort of opened, the eyes, uh, opened their eyes to it, yeah. is, is a way to create an engagement and get people comfortable with the idea of using their phone to pay for things and trusting an app to, to handle their, their payment credentials and their financial credentials, and then expanding that experience. So it's all about that, that experience. So it, um, you know, when you look at the, the new entrants today, both the entrenched players and the banks and, and new startups, um, I think there's part of this which is all, you know, the rising tide raises all boats. So yeah. the more that people trust it because other players are doing it, the better it is for consumers. The more competition there is, the better it is cons for consumers. If there's one big player in the long run, the consumers aren't going to get the best offering. So I think it it's really is pushing the market. 
Um, and, and we see that as a good thing, but certainly we th there's, there's aspects of Venmo where we think we're always going to be the leader in it and, and we're sort of leading the charge. Where are those areas that you think you, you do it the best than, than anybody? So I think part of what Venmo is is much more, we, we sort of push the mechanics of, of payments to the background and focus on the experience. If you look yeah. at a lot of things, it's about faster, it's a button, it's easier, it's slicker, and certainly that's part of Venmo, but Venmo's also about the experience and connecting people uh, to what matters to the most. Other people, to businesses, to other apps, and making that experience um, much more enjoyable. Yeah. It's simpler, uh, in a lot of ways, more fun. Today, you know, you look at, at what happens on Venmo and, and a large percentage of the payments are sent with emoji strings. Something as simple yeah. as that, that yeah. it's a lot easier for me to pay you back for the drinks when I can put in the beer emoji or the, you know, for <laughs> dinner when I can put in the uh, taco emoji and have a little fun with it. Uh, and it, it really goes back to the founding story of why isn't it as easy, and in this case as fun, as sending yeah. a text message or a, you know, a instant message and making payments feel more that way. Obviously, there, there's a benefit being able to do that because of the digital nature, but I guess to a degree, when you think historically about banking, it hasn't necessarily been a quote-unquote fun right. industry. Right. It's been kind of a, you know, a, a quiet, kind right. of you know, under-the-radar type of industry. So it, it, it is... It, you're innovating, but you're also disrupting from just the mindset of what people think about that banking is going to be. Yeah, and I think that was part of what was holding it back. It was essentially like, well, to move money, one, it has to be slow, two, it has to be <laughs> yeah. hard, yeah. and three, it, it absolutely has to cost a lot. Like, yeah. that was, that's what it, when you looked at the way the industry worked, that's what it felt like. And if you wanted it faster, it had to cost even more, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and so I think the whole view of that is, part of it was we didn't come from the banking world. So sometimes yeah. it takes a fresh perspective on things. And it doesn't, you know, we, like we said, like the payment has to be there. It has to be secure. It has to be safe. It has to be, you know, it has to be, you know, in our case, instant. Um, and, and all of those for us are non-starters, right? But then really what the payment to us is, is it, is some, it represents something else. You're either buying something or you're sharing something or you're paying back uh, somebody for something. Yeah. That's where we really took the focus off the transaction and moved it to the story that's happening around the transaction. And I think that's what gave us a different lens than any other player in the, you know, in the sort of entrenched players or even new players think about how do I move money faster? Sure. What we think about is what is the money doing? It's paying somebody back for an experience. How do we make that experience better and more memorable? Yeah. Um, and Venmo, that's why in, in a lot of ways people look at Venmo as, as an intimate social network and they, they, they think about it that way because it's, it's celebrating and representing what's going on in their life and not just a utility to move money. Um, the utility to move money is certainly simple, easy, fast, but but pushed to the background. Michael Vaughn is the COO of Venmo, joining us here at the Global Forum. So from where you are now, where is the natural path? Where is that natural growth take Venmo in the future? So one of the things we're thinking about now is take what people love about Venmo and what has grown into last quarter we processed in the US alone, more than $12 billion yeah. in payments on, on Venmo. What people love about Venmo today and how do we give you more ways to use it and, and, and more opportunities to use it. And for, for us, that is taking what 
historically for us had been primarily a P2P experience, peer-to-peer, -peer, where you're yep. paying your friends back, pay, paying colleagues or family back for something, uh, and, and expand that where I can now pay merchants. So I can use Venmo to pay, we're part of PayPal, uh, I can use Venmo to pay PayPal merchants. And so if I see a PayPal button, I can use Venmo to get that same experience. Um, instead of paying my friend back, I can now pay merchants. I can now pay uh, inside of other apps. So for example, Grubhub, which is uh, yeah. one of the big uh, food delivery services. So think about the Venmo experience where roommates uh, order delivery and they split it up four ways. I can now use Venmo inside of Grubhub to pay for that. Yeah. It pops up in my Venmo feed so I can split it with my friends and then share it. All that done instantly from my phone with two taps, right? Yeah. One tap to pay, one tap to split and I throw in the emojis for a little bit a little bit of fun. Just the splitting of the check capability is something that every restaurant needs to be able to, right. to figure out in this day and age. I mean, literally, the thing we hear most often is uh, Venmo saved my friendship with somebody or my roommate relationship because all of those situations where you make the run to Costco or you yeah. make that order from Grubhub and your friend doesn't pay you back, yeah. it literally ruins that relationship. And yeah. now the awkwardness of that payment both the, the ease of paying the merchant, which is that connected piece, and then that um, awkwardness of what it used to be to ask your friend for money back. Now I send you a Venmo request and say, hey, you owe me money for the tacos. So how, mu how important now in this day and age is having an app and developing the business, thinking about the app since majority of people are living on their smartphones. I think it's, I mean, it's everything, right? So, and it, and it may not end with the phone. You ha obviously have the watch and things like that. Sure, yeah. I think it's really about being connected to wherever and however people want to pay. That could be your car paying for things, the internet of things. Right now, I think it's still primarily mobile. Um, and I think th th one of the things that Venmo had the benefit of was we built it in the era of mobile. So it started yeah. as a text yeah. messaging app then became a, an app in the App Store and on, and on Android. Um, and you look at a lot of the original web companies, they struggled in mobile, and some still do, because mobile became a bolt-on to their website. And yeah. they, didn't, they always think about things from the perspective of somebody sitting at a computer, and then the, the other experiences are just new ways to get back to the computer. Yeah. And, and when we built Venmo, and I think this is going to, not just Venmo, but just in general, when you build a new service, you have to think about how do you make it something that people, if it's useful to them ha to have access to it, yeah. build it and don't assume they're going to go back to their computer at a keyboard, build it so they can use it anywhere where they want to use it and be connected to it all the time. So, so you're really talking about changing the mindset of not necessarily being computer first, but being app first. Yes, and I, and I think in, in not using the computer, and like you have a laptop with a keyboard and a mouse sure, yeah. as a crutch on how you build your product or right, your service, right. make it so that it can be done on any device that they're going to want to use it on, yeah. and, then, and then retrofit it essentially back to the older technologies, right? And so it, it raises the bar on what it takes to make it a good experience. It's a lot, yeah. when we were building Venmo, no one thought we could get somebody to enter their bank credentials or yeah. their card into their, into their phone, right. from a, either from a trust standpoint or from a I got to type this all in standpoint. We said, <laughs> yes. well, we think you have to solve that. And so we just held ourselves to a higher bar and then figured it out. And obviously now people think it makes sense. But back then people thought that was an impossible task. And that's, uh, I wanted to ask you about the security part of it because obviously you're talking about data, people's information, their addresses, their card numbers, et cetera. That obviously has to be one of the more, more important things that you have to be thinking about in the process 
of people using the app, but also the development that you have going forward. Yeah, I mean, any t I mean, any any app uh, security has to be first. But when you're in in anything financial, it's even you know higher than that. So it's always present. It's number one in everything we're doing in terms of security, protecting our customers, preventing uh, bad activity from happening. And, and also, when you're in financial services, the regulatory obligations of making sure bad people aren't doing bad things sure. with your service yeah. to, to fund bad activities. Yeah. And, and so you have, a, you have a huge obligation, and you also have the privacy aspect of Venmo being a more social platform. So you bring the two together, and it is front and center for everything that we do. I think one of the things that people underestimate is the significance of a mobile device being my mobile device is mine, right? And so they have all these now biometrics going into it. It's a one-to-one -one relationship. And, and, and so you can do a lot of things to really increase the security when your platform is mobile first. Sure. And so, for example, on Venmo, we have something called two-factor authentication. Yeah. So if you sign yep. in for your, to your Venmo account on a device that we haven't seen before, we don't let you in. We force you to, to tell us that you have the original device in your physical presence, so that's the two-factor part. Yep. You could get in with a login, but we need to know that you have the physical device that you originally created with, and if you have that, then we allow you in, and we force that. That's not even an option on Venmo. You can't yeah. opt out of that, and uh, so we basically said, we're going to raise the bar so that things like that, that are possible because of mobile technology, I think in a lot of ways we're creating a more secure environment than the old days of the web, where everyone yeah. shared a computer and it was password yes. driven and things like that. Yeah. I think there are opportunities to really push that forward and get out of the sort of that mindset of username, password, login on a shared device. Michael, great meeting you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.